Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. College basketball dream preview edition. The weekend edition of a very big college basketball weekend coming your way here. I'm Brad Powers alongside A.J. Hoffman. And we got some games to discuss, the biggest games of the weekend. But before we do that, we always here at the College Basketball Dream Preview recap what has happened since our last podcast. And unfortunately, for the first time since we've been doing this College Basketball Dream Preview for 2020, I did have a best bet loser. It was on the under in the Seton Hall-Butler game. Got steamed over. That money proved to be right. Wild it wasn't. Steam. It wasn't even close. So... I apologize for you on the dream preview. Uh, best bet listeners out there still dropping the record now to three and one on best bets. AJ, your best bet actually, as we're taping this on Thursday afternoon, your best bet still to be determined. You're on Gonzaga. Still TBD. So I'll have to own two best bets come Sunday. So uh, I'll either be double happy or hopefully not double sad, or maybe it'll just be a wash. We'll see. And Dave Esler did have a yet another best bet winner. He takes the lead now as far as best bets here on the College Basketball Dream Preview nice. Day winner. Yet again, we'll have another best bet from Dave and Sleepy. All right, without further ado. Showtime! Woo! All right, we're going to start it off on a big, big 10 matchup here on Friday, and it is Wisconsin at number 15, Michigan State. And I'll tell you what, I guess we're starting off the podcast hot and heavy here. We're going to start it off with a best bet from old Brad Powers. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. And we're going to project this line. Michigan State, a six-point home favorite, total 131. Best bet for me is going to be on Michigan State. I'll get to AJ here in just a second. He also likes the game. Here's what I see with Michigan State. Well, I saw Michigan State off arguably one of their worst performances, not just this season, but from expectation, expectation being the Vegas spread. Michigan State off an historically poor performance against Purdue last Sunday. 29-point loser for them. Michigan State failed to cover by 33 points. In fact, I went back 15 years. Second worst performance for Michigan State in the last 15 years as far as against the spread. So immediately what I thought was, all right, got to think a great coach like Tom Izzo. Very good off a poor performance. So... When I looked at Michigan State, when they failed to cover a spread by 10 or more, keep in mind they failed to cover by 33, 59% against the spread that next game after Michigan State fails to cover a spread by 10 or more points. So a very disappointing effort, usually rebounds big time the next time in the next game, 59% against the spread. When they're off a 25-point, and this is just straight up because it doesn't happen very often, so this is the last 15 years. When Michigan State's off a 25-point or more loss, how do they do the next game? 3-0 straight up, 
3-0 and against the spread. They cover by an average of 5.5 points per game. Now, it's not like it was a trend line. Like, it, it was a culmination uh, of Michigan State, you know, teetering uh, on the brink of annihilation like they got uh, against Purdue on Sunday. They've been playing pretty well prior to that game. They'd won and covered five straight games, so there was nothing really... Uh, you know, t- telling about Michigan. There's no warning signs. No warning signs. Thank you. That's why A.J. Hoffman's a professional broadcaster. Uh, he is the lead. Well, he's a program director. He is the on-air host for the, it's top rated, right? Afternoon drive time in the number yeah, four radio well. market. Uh, Houston. How about it? That's why he's A.J. Hoffman. I'm just merely Brad Powers. No, another thing on top Brad of this, Michigan State owns a series. I mean, you would think two of the better programs in the Big Ten. Maybe they go back and forth a little bit. No, not the case. Michigan State's won seven straight. And then finally, to wrap it up, we've been talking about it. Big Ten home teams this year, 34 and six straight up and about 64% against the spread. Not afraid to lead it off here on a Friday night. My best bet, Michigan State. You're going to get full agreement from me. I, I mean, you mentioned Sparty owning the series. And not only have they won seven straight games, the last time Wisconsin won in East Lansing was 2004. Wow. The the last time they didn't lose by double digits in East Lansing was 2011. Uh, you're, and you're like you said, you're buying low on Sparty after getting blown out at Purdue, which was a really, really odd performance. And Wisconsin coming off a thrilling will of their, win of their own, which um, may have gotten some of us to the window uh, against Maryland, depending on the number you got, I guess. But a, a, a really a, an incredible comeback win for Wisconsin there, so maybe people are high on them. Uh, Spartans are going to have a a massive edge on the boards. Uh, Wisconsin's 265th in offensive rebounding. Uh, Michigan State's third in defensive rebounding. There's going to be a a lopsided number on the rebounds. The average margin of victory in the four conference home games for Michigan State is 16.5 points. That includes Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan, and Minnesota. Uh, Neither team turns it over a lot. Both teams, solid free-throw shooting teams. I, I, I'm hoping the, the home dominance continues in the Big Ten, but I'm with you. I, I like Michigan State minus the points here. What do we think, uh, real quickly, of Michigan State uh, when we get to the tournament? Is this uh, one of is those better teams? Because coming into the season, we expected it to be. Obviously, hasn't worked out so well. What's your thoughts on Michigan State maybe well, I moving mean, forward? Uh, uh, yeah, a, a lot of things have have changed since the beginning of the season. Unfortunately for Michigan State, they've they've got players that they were counting on yep. that are are not going to be with the team for the rest of the season. You know, uh, and obviously Cassius Winston, what he went through was was pretty wild. Um, I, I think that there are they've I mean they've got potential. It's a it's a it's an Izzo coach team, so of course they've got some potential. But it, it's gonna I think it's all gonna fall on the shoulders of, of of Winston and and if he's able to carry this team, I don't know if they've got enough secondary guard play to 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 you know make a Final Four run. But I sure wouldn't want to play him in the early rounds. Uh, totally agree. That's AJ Hoffman. You can follow him on Twitter at AJ is the real. Again, recapping like from AJ Michigan State. Best bet, Brad Powers. Friday night action. This one tips at 7 o'clock on FS1. Best bet for me. We're going to project the line Michigan State minus 6. Let's stay in the Big Ten here. We're going to move to Saturday college basketball action. A team that was at one point number one, believe it or not, in the Ken Palm ratings. Number 21 now, Ohio State at Penn State. We'll call this line right around Pickham here. 
Uh, this one's going to tip at noon Eastern on ESPNU. I'll let you lead the way, AJ. Where you got? Where are you going at in this one? Yeah, you mentioned they used to be number one, and and for a while I was making an argument that they were the best team in, in college basketball, yep. and and now I don't know that you can make that argument. They've had a couple ugly uh, ugly road losses. They had a couple ugly home losses. Honestly, um, it, things have have not gone well, and now uh, a couple suspensions. Um, you know, the, I mean, I guess they're not permanent, but Luther Muhammad and, and Dwayne Washington get suspended for the Nebraska game. So who knows what's going on inside that program? Uh, they do get the win against Nebraska. So at least it snapped the four game, uh, w- losing streak, but they still didn't cover. They, they, they're just not covering, uh, I mean, Oh, and three on the road in big 10 play losses by an average of 12 and a half points. Uh, that's Minnesota, Maryland, and Indiana. Since they beat Kentucky back in December, right before Christmas, one and four straight up, zero oh and five against the spread. And this Penn State number, we were projecting it at, at plus one for Penn State. It's hard to look at it and go, "Oh, I love that," because Ohio State, the first time these guys played, it was a thirty-two point just blowout. Ohio State just destroyed Penn State uh, because I mean, I don't, I don't know if they could have shot better. In that game. Now, here's the deal. Ohio State, a great three-point shooting team. They're 15th in the country, 38% for the season. Those three road games and conference play, they've shot 29%, almost 10% lower than their season average. The first matchup against Penn State, they shot 54% from three, 14 of 26. So I I think this is going to be a matter of will Ohio State be able to get their three-point shot going on the road, which they have not seemed to be able to do. I think Ohio State's significantly better. And Penn State, we've talked about it before, they seem to be the team that's kind of immune to the Big Ten home road splits. Uh, So I'm going to lean to Penn State here and lean to the under. I think if the under hits, things went well for Penn State. Uh, But I I just can't give full support on Penn State when I think Ohio State's just a much more talented team. Yeah, you get agreement with me as far as the under. I'm leaning towards that way as well. And you know, where has Ohio State really struggled in these last five games? It's been on the offensive end. Uh, I mean, the, 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 prior to the Nebraska game, and I think you kind of set that one aside. Nebraska's really poor, one of the worst uh, Big Ten teams uh, th- this season. I mean, the Buckeyes hadn't top 60 points in the previous four games. Reading a couple articles this morning, they feel confident after it. They got their shooting back. They were one of the top shooting teams. You mentioned it, three-point shooting in the country until the, 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 those four games, and they still are. Uh, season long wise, but I, I'm not necessarily buying it. I like that the point you brought up, the home away splits there, the fact that they're struggling shooting on the road. But just a lean for me uh, under. I, I, you know, I, I would want to take Penn State, but it's not, you know, with Ohio State struggling so much. But let's face it, Penn State's also struggling. I mean, they've lost three yeah. straight games. So I, I think this is one where we kind of get this could be like a turning point for the season. I think if Ohio State can can go on the road and get a win here, maybe they finally put in that losing streak behind them. But if they can't, ooh, I mean, this is a team that's going to go from, I agree with you, I thought they were, were one of the best teams in the country just about a month ago to now you're talking, I mean, six, seven, eight seed line is what they're playing themselves down to at this point. So intriguing matchup there in the Big Ten. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State recapping it. Lean under for both of us and A.J. leaning with Penn State. Moving along, or any closing thoughts, A.J.? No, that's all I got. Let's move along here to the Pac-12. 
And, and the Pac-12 is a very, I'm going to say this at the top, Pac-12 is a tough conference because they play a lot of these Thursday, Saturday. So we want to include the Pac-12, but it's tough as we're taping this uh, Thursday podcast. Both Oregon and Washington have games on Thursday night, so it is a little bit difficult. We like to know all the given variables moving forward as we project the line. It's already tough enough as it is to project the line, but doing it a game, uh, another game in advance is somewhat difficult. So we'll call this one number eight Oregon at Washington. We'll say the Ducks uh, a short road favorite by a you know one point road favorite total right around one thirty five. Where are you going at in this one, AJ? Yeah, it's it's a lean for me to Oregon. Washington has slumped of late. They've lost four out of five, and they I was really soured on them when they lost at home to UCLA. That was a game that I was pretty invested in. I, I thought Washington was playing sharp ball, and that that started sort of their tumble. They're one and four against the spread in the last five. Oregon, much better rebounding team, much better three point shooting team, and the Huskies. Their biggest problem they are really loose with the ball. 284th in the country in turnovers, 15.1 per game. And when you're going against Dana Altman teams, that's going to be an issue. My my big concern and the reason why it's only a lean is because I, I think this could end up being a close game. And Oregon's a horrible free throw shooting team. Uh, but they are 8-1 and one against the spread, 6-3, and three, or 8-1 straight up, 6-3 and three against the spread in the last nine meetings between these two teams. So Oregon has kind of owned this series. Uh, Washington, they've, they've struggled against Altman. So I, I'm going to lean Oregon. Uh, depending on the number we see and depending on what happens tonight, uh, it, it may end up being a like if it's still inside a possession. That's a good point because, uh, you know, people sometimes don't like series history because they say, ah, those are past teams. But I think when you have a unique offense like Washington has, or I should say defense uh, with the zone, I think how you do against that, I think the, the, the as long as you have the same coach and you, you have it here with Dana Altman, uh, I think series trends can be quite, you know, not necessarily profitable, but certainly warranted. It should be factoring into your handicap here. I'm going to lean Washington. Nothing strong for me. You mentioned that they've been struggling for their last five games they've lost, but all of them by six points or less. So, I mean, a couple shots go their way. We wouldn't be sitting here and saying how much the Huskies have been struggling. I like using that luck factor. That's where it comes in as far as Ken Palm's luck factor. And let's face it, uh, we're talking one of the most unfortunate teams in the country. I think if you're unfortunate, you're losing a bunch of close games. You know, on one hand, you could say, hey, you know, the pressure's getting to that team. They don't know how to handle uh, when there's a close game. You don't might not have that go-to guy. I like to look at it. Ah, it'll all even out in the end. The fact that Washington's been relatively unlucky, ranking number 336 in luck, I think that creates a little bit of value. The question I have for Oregon is, this is their first of the, these back-to-back road games that the Pac-12 has. You got to play two road games in a matter of, of uh, three nights. So we'll see how they handle it. It's not like the, you know they're weak on the bench. Uh, they're a little bit above average. So we'll we'll see. Back-to-back road games for Oregon in three nights. I, I'm going to say slight advantage Washington. AJ disagrees. Slight advantage. He's leaning with Oregon. Any closing thoughts? Nope. All right. Let's move along. Keeping it hot and heavy here. Again, we got AJ's best bet coming at the end, along with Sleepy and Dave Esler. I already gave mine. Make sure uh, if you're skipping around, you should know that one by now. Let's talk about a team coming off a loss here. And I think AJ and I are going to have kind of the same handicap here. Number 10, Kentucky at Arkansas. We'll call Arkansas a slight favorite here. One and a half, two points. 
This one tips at 4 o'clock on ESPN. And AJ's got a like on Kentucky. Take it away. Yeah, and this is a tough one because you saw Kentucky lose last night on the road at, on a buzzer beater uh, against a not very good South Carolina team. Well, I shouldn't say a not very good, an inconsistent South Carolina team. Uh, and now they go to Arkansas, who, man, Arkansas doesn't lose very much at home. Uh, and now, so you, now you're taking a team that's great at home, putting up against a team that's shaky on the road. And I like the road team. A lot of it is Kentucky has dominated this matchup. Ar- and they, they've... They've had great success on the road, at home. It doesn't really matter, but they've had more success than just about anybody in the SEC at Arkansas. Uh, and here's here's my favorite thing about this matchup. The, the the thing that's made Arkansas so great this season, and it's been talked about a lot, is opponents are shooting historically bad from three-point range against Arkansas. 22.8% worst three-point shooting percentage against in the country. So Arkansas does not let you shoot from outside. Well, the great thing about Kentucky, they're 342nd in the country in three-pointers attempted. They, they don't care. They're not looking to shoot threes. They might shoot five a game. Kentucky's going to dominate the glass. Arkansas does nothing on the offensive boards. So I think this style-wise ends up being a great matchup for Kentucky. I think that, you know, Kentucky's one of those teams that they're not going to lose every road game. You know, this, this isn't the Big Ten. Kentucky's still one of the better teams in the country. Uh, they, they match up well against Arkansas. I'm going to go ahead and like Kentucky here getting some points. All right. You know, I, oh, I was almost at a like here on Kentucky. This would be my top lean considering that you got a lot more likes. All right. You know what? I'm going to upgrade. Well, let's upgrade this one. Kentucky to a like you mentioned off the loss to South Carolina. Here's what kind of got me off the like originally was I was thinking, Oh, Kentucky off a loss under John Calipari. Got to be good, right? No. Not good. Maybe everyone's thinking the same thing, and there's not necessarily value on them. Off a loss under Calipari, they cover 46% of the time. So I was thinking it was going to be 55. And the fact that it came 46%, that was a little bit of a surprise for me. You mentioned it. Kentucky's got the height advantage. Arkansas's terrible as far as the the glass. I just think it's a good spot for Kentucky. It's tough seeing them lose back-to-back games. But if they do, keep in mind, I'm going to have to start going back through this. This is kind of the time of the season where, obviously, you come into any season, Kentucky's a very public team, but always a young team with everyone with all the you know early NBA draft picks. And they kind of hit that wall there in January in conference play. They lose some games. And then everyone bails on Kentucky, and I usually start finding value on them in February when everybody jumps off the bandwagon. That's when I start jumping on, so keep that in mind. I, I honestly want to win this bet. I mean, it's both alike for us, but I wouldn't mind moving forward. Kentucky going through a little bit of a losing streak like they've had in past years in January. And then you can find you know value four or five straight games on the Wildcats. Have you noticed that too, AJ? Yeah, but I do think this is a little bit, just like it's a little bit different Duke team than what we're used to year in and year out, I think this is a little bit different Kentucky team. It's It doesn't seem like it's built for just this half season or whatever. It seems like maybe they don't have the the mega recruits that they've had before that they're solely relying on. So maybe this, this I know what you're saying. I feel like maybe this Kentucky team is a little bit different. Fair enough. That's A.J. Hoffman. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at A.J. is the real. I'm Brad Powers. This is the College Basketball Dream Preview. McKenzie in the house producing here. We'll see if he's got an NBA pick, if he's got the guts, the fortitude 
to put out an NBA pick at the end. We'll see. But to be determined. Let's move along here. And I'm really interested in this one because this is a Houston team that's really starting to come on. Obviously had great success the last couple of years, kind of flying under the radar. And if there's any guy in the marketplace that I trust that's going to know the inside and the out from a gambling perspective about Houston, it's going to be A.J. Hoffman. And this Saturday, Houston's at Wichita State, who's coming off a loss. We'll call Wichita State. You know, I was looking at some updated numbers because they don't always get uh, published early enough in the morning for me. Wichita State had a bad performance last night as we're taping this to Temple. They did. Uh, and looking at this, Wichita State, I'm going to project it a little bit lower, AJ. Four-point home favorite, Wichita State, total right around 137. Where are you at going uh, in this game? Uh, I'm going to – I, I want to start by saying uh, you may be wrong on if you're counting on me about knowing this team inside and out. I don't have a great feel for this team yet. They, they've been sort of a roller coaster for me, but – uh, I, I like the over in this game, first of all. Okay. I lean to Wichita State. Uh, the, sh- the Shockers have been an over machine. They're, they're over in nine of their last 11 games. They failed to hit 70 just once in their last 10. Happened to be last night, but that, that happens. Uh, Houston has failed to hit 70 just twice in their last 10. So these teams are scoring. Uh, they're both excellent offensive rebounding teams. I think there should be plenty of secondary scoring opportunities. I'd lean to Wichita State because they've they've already shown that they, they're solid at home. And, and this is one of the better teams they'll have played so far. But they have home wins against VCU, Oklahoma, Memphis, Ole Miss. They've proven when good teams come into their house that they can hold up. So I think that's going to be the case again. So I'll lean to Wichita State, but I, I like the over. All right. Yeah, I like that instinct as far as the over. And I thought it was a bad spot for Wichita State last night. Uh, not that I, I played too. it or anything, because I, I thought they were a hot team. But you know, obviously they have more travel than just about anybody uh, in the conference. Uh, the fact that they were, you know, on the road at Connecticut in an overtime game on Sunday, and then we're still on on the East Coast playing Temple a few nights later. In fact. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Why in the hell did I have Temple on my card last night? What the <laughs> hell? Damn, that was a bad spot. Uh, you know, Wichita's really st- – obviously, Houston's more known for their offense. I love the matchup here because Houston's more known offensively, no question about it. What is Wichita State more known for, certainly this year, defense? So you got two top 20 uh, comparisons there, both, both Houston's offense, Wichita State's defense. And then the, the, the weakness on both teams is Wichita State's offense and Houston's defense. So, I mean, it's going to be an intriguing matchup. It's strength on strength, weakness on weakness here. Uh, Houston's really good, uh, you mentioned, in offensive rebounding. It seems like a good spot for Wichita State, but I, I start looking at matchups, and Houston, I mean, won all three of these matchups last year against Wichita. And, and you would think that these two teams, two of the better ones in conference, would be going back and forth. And, and maybe it's something, I. it's not like I watched all 120 minutes of those games from last year and really, you know, could, could pinpoint matchups specifically that, that Houston has over Wichita State. But when I see something like that, maybe there is something to it here. So I'm going to lean Houston, although my, my first instinct was thinking that this was going to be a decent spot for Wichita State. Houston, you know, compared to Pat, you said you don't have a great feel. What, what is there, you know, what's kind of a high mark for this team? Are, are they capable of Sweet 16 caliber, you think? I, I, that'd be the high end of it. Okay. I, I feel like they what they're missing that they had last year is the man, like the guy that they know they can go to when when it's a key moment. 
and they've got a couple, they've got some good guys. They they just it doesn't feel like they've got a go to guy right now. Uh, there's a couple guys they thought were going to be go to guys who just haven't quite stepped into that role yet. Uh, and I, I'm you know by the end of by the end of the season, is it possible that that Fabian White is that guy? Sure. I mean, is is it possible that? Uh, there's there's actually several guys. I mean, Quentin Grimes or or Dejan Giroux, who's who really he's the guy I thought was going to be the guy. He hasn't been yet. So are are there guys who might be that? Maybe, but right now there's just not a go-to guy who you can count on who's going to get you 15-20 in a big game. Uh, and I think that's kind of what they're lacking. Fair enough. That's AJ Hoffman. Let's move along to the big game, the biggest game I would argue on on Saturday. Might be. Yeah, and it's I'm looking it over here. Wow, one like, two likes, and maybe AJ if he's you know the, he's getting like heavy on this one. He actually likes I the know. total as well. So I mean, I can be almost like the count: one like, two likes, three likes. Let's go on. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, greetings! It is I, the count, and it's time to answer that fascinating question: What is the Sesame Street number of the day? Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Let's count the bats and find out. Ah, that's one. One bat. Two. Two bats. Three. Three fabulous flyers. Ah, ah, ah. Number 11, Louisville. At number three, Duke. Duke off a loss. We're still going to project that the Blue Devils. An eight-point home favorite here. Total 136. This one tips 6 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. I'll lead it off here. I like Duke. This was, you know, borderline best bet for me. Uh, it was between Duke and, and Michigan State as far as the best bet for this podcast. I just think Duke's underrated. I know they just got done losing to Clemson, and it was you know one of their worst performances of the season. But still, Duke's the only team in the country to have a top 10 offense, top 10 defense in Ken Palm's adjusted offense and defensive rankings. And in fact, you know not only is it top 10 for Duke, they're top five in both categories. Uh, this year's Duke team is really deep. We talked about this on the last podcast. They got 10 guys averaging more than 14 minutes. I went back the last 18, 19 years. Duke's never had this deep of a uh, rotation. They're certainly a much deeper team than Louisville. And I think that's going to come into play here because it's not a great situational spot for Louisville, who's not necessarily a deep team. Third straight road game for Louisville. Both of those games went down to the wire, including an overtime win. They just had the other night, so... You got a team that's questionable depth playing their third road game in a matter of seven days. And I looked at Duke off a loss because obviously it doesn't happen very often. Just off a loss last 15 years, they're only 51% against the spread. But that trend line's been pretty good here as of late. The last three years off a loss, they're covering 71% of the time, an average cover by more than five points per game. So you got the height advantage, situational spot. I, I like Duke here. What do you say, AJ? Uh, you'll get agreement here. And last podcast, we mentioned that they'd be underrated, and then they go out and lose to Clemson yeah. and make us look stupid. <laughs> uh, but uh, they are—they—they got—they're one of the better rebounding teams in the country, 29th in the country, and they just got smashed on the boards against Clemson. I don't know what happened in that game. Um, Louisville, though, they're—they're—they've their last five, they've had two unimpressive wins in my mind, at least against Notre Dame and Pittsburgh. Uh, they had one blowout win against Miami, and then they had two losses against Florida State and, and Kentucky. So Duke's last five, oh, sure, they had the loss to Clemson, 
And then their other four wins by an average of 28 points per game. So I'm not going to let that one data point dissuade me from what I've been seeing. Since the SFA loss, Duke's won every home game by an average of 27.5 points. I don't know that they're going to beat Louisville by 27.5. Well, I know they won't beat them by 27.5. Maybe by 28 or 27. Probably not 27.5. But I do think Louisville uh, is is going to struggle here. They're, and I, I think Duke really gets their offense humming again, uh, coming off that poor shooting performance. So I like Duke, and smaller like I like the over. So maybe like a, a, a teeny tiny like I like the over. All right. I'm trying to think if there's any major storylines around Duke that we're missing. I, I mean, to go back Not to what really. our take was you know, on the last podcast, why we thought Duke was undervalued, it, it's simple. I mean, when have you been hearing about Duke basketball? Unlike last season when you had Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish and everyone was talking about Duke basketball, even in November and December and January, they were part of the national narrative, I mean, on an almost daily basis, and you're just not getting that. So that's why when, when A.J. and I were saying that, that there could be some value on Duke and we think there's value here, that's part of the reason. And number two, personnel-wise, I mean, yeah, they don't have – that, that superstar, but again, they're a much deeper team. So th- that was part of the thinking there, of course, when we say that, that they lose as a double-digit favorite. But I, didn't I say that could happen? You did. I did. Another thing you said could happen is we move on to the next game. Yeah. You said Auburn might lose to Alabama. See how that Look throw- at you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how you do a throw. That's why he's a professional broadcaster. And again, I'm just merely Brad Powers. Uh, uh, uh. And speaking of that Auburn team, Number four, Auburn. Won't be number four next week. They are at Florida. We're going to call Florida right around a short favorite here, right around one point. Total 139. This one's on CBS. Tips at 130. And Auburn, indeed, I did say it. And kudos for a couple of you guys tweeting at us. Uh, at AJ is the real, at Brad Power 7. Giving us uh, a little bit of credit, even though you know I had a best bet loser. I did get a little bit of credit for calling Auburn to lose that Alabama game. They didn't just lose it, AJ. They were exposed, in my opinion. And I'm going to like Florida. I think this is going to be a spot where Auburn, you know, obviously loses back-to-back games here. And I I just think they're overrated. Yeah, the straight-up record looks good, but they can't shoot the three. They're a terrible free-throw shooting team. Florida, meanwhile, has played the much tougher schedule so far. And I think I've been saying this for the last couple podcasts. I think Auburn's been a very fortunate team. You you look at games decided by six points or less, they're 5-0 and in them. So I, I'm going right back to the well here. I'm fading Auburn. I like Florida. What say you? Yeah, if you remember when, when I said I was looking at Auburn uh, to start losing games, I said I'll start looking at it when they play Florida on the road. And I guess I was one game too late. But they looked bad against Alabama. And now they get a Florida team that's kind of starting to meet some of their preseason expectations, particularly on the offensive end of the ball. They've been a much better team at home, home than away. And Auburn hasn't won a game at Florida since 1996. Wow. Florida's won 20, 22 of the last 25 in this matchup. Florida's won. So if you're telling me one point, yeah, I, I'm going to like Florida. I, I think Auburn, I don't think Auburn's a bad team. I, I think they're going to bounce back and they're going to get this thing back on track. I think right now, though, their confidence is a little bit shaken after getting blown out by an in-state rival. And I just think this is a bad matchup for them. I, I think that they'll, they're still going to be a good team. They, I, I don't know that they're going to be what you know, Auburn fan was thinking they would be, be being one of the, the last two undefeated teams. Uh, but I, I do think they're going to be okay. I just think this is a poor matchup for them. 
I think Florida gets them here, and uh, and I actually I lean to the over as well. Just a lean, not a like. Just a lean on the All on right. the over, but a like on the on the Gators. I got to give it to you. You came in strong. A lot of likes for you on this podcast. And too many, probably too many. Mm. We'll see. I mean, if you win, not too many. It's a, n- never enough. If you continue to win them, now if you're losing, maybe a different story. But this <laughs> this next one for you isn't necessarily uh, a lean. It's not a like, but it no. is your one and only best bet. Big Ten action, Illinois and Northwestern. Go, AJ. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under on the total. We're projecting at 132 for Illinois Northwestern. These are two low-tempo teams. Northwestern is a ridiculously bad offense. This is a really, really bad offense. Uh, Northwestern's averaged 58 points per game on the road in Big Ten play. Illinois opponents have averaged 50 points per game at Illinois in Big Ten play. Sounds like a good recipe to a bad, bad night for Northwestern for me. These two teams combine to make 11 three-point shots per game. Nobody's trying to shoot these threes, and when they do, they're not really making them. Illinois, a bad free-throw shooting team. Northwestern's a good free-throw shooting team, but they don't ever get to the free-throw line, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think this is going to be an ugly game. I could see Northwestern struggling to get to that 55-point mark, so my best bet's going to be Illinois-Northwestern under 132. What do you think, Brad? You know what? I don't know. I haven't gotten to this game to handicap it. So uh, I'm going to be perfectly candid. I don't know. You made a great case, though. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I can do. <laughs> Again, that that is AJ, who uh, we're, we are. I just want to let people know we are taping this one a little earlier than what we normally do on Thursdays. We're taping this uh, more Thursday afternoon instead of Thursday evening. So kudos to you. I know you got a heavy uh, workload uh, today as far as your schedule goes. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJ is the real. Any closing thoughts? No, what I will say is I think the the listeners have done a good job of if the, because we're not magicians, you know, we're, with with deciding what these numbers are going to be, what the spreads are going to be. A, a lot of it is is guesswork, really. I mean, it. Uh, and especially if some if the, if these games come in on the overnights, and by the time someone wakes up and looks at them, they're like, "Oh, this is a different number than what I was expecting." I think the listeners done a good job of saying, "Hey, this is the number I'm at now. Are you still comfortable with this as a like?" Uh, for instance, what you know, we had the Wisconsin as a, a, a minus one. I thought maybe it was even going to be a pick 'em against Maryland, and it opened up at two and a half, steamed up to three and a half really fast. So. And people were asking, "Hey, do you still like it?" And I was, I said candidly, outside of outside of three, no, it's probably not a like for me anymore. And I, in fact, told people I ended up playing it on the money line. Uh, so if if a number's off for whatever reason, and you want to reach out to us and ask if we still feel the same way about it at this new number, then yeah, by all means. Now there have been a couple knuckleheads who are like, "Oh, you said you liked it at, at minus six. It's now minus four and a half. Do you still like it?" Well, yeah. Uh, so, uh, that, that usually doesn't change, but if the number is going away from our number, then yeah, there, there's, we're always around or, well, not always around as, as much as I can be, I'll, I'll try and answer those questions on Twitter. Before I let you go, I mean, coming late, but it's never too late to give out hopefully a winner here. 
McKenzie coming in over the top. Are you kidding me? Before we go, you got an NBA play, McKenzie. Take it away. Yes, I do. I'm taking advantage of our early record time, and I got a Thursday night NBA game. I'm taking the Boston Celtics plus 10 at the Milwaukee Bucks. And depending on what time you're listening to this, you might want to consider a live wager because the Bucks do have the best first and second quarter margin. But you know who has the best third quarter margin? That's right, the Boston Celtics. So if you're listening to this around 7.30 Eastern, it's not too late. Get your money, and we got a winner here, and I'll tell you why. Oh, we're going to get this thing out tonight? Yep. That's the plan, right? All right. That is the plan. All we right. will see, though. Okay, well, if... So if, <laughs> here's what you do if you're listening, and right. it's Friday. So you can just, hey, listen, to, and you can take my word for it. We're recording this before the game. So if he has a nice winner, you, your confidence can grow in McKenzie here. It's all about introducing him to the audience. So take it away. I'm in, intrigued by the handicap. Learning from the masters here. So Brad Stevens, in his era, he's been 54% as an underdog. You know, what you would expect for a really good coach, 68% when he's getting nine or more points. And this play is really a fade on the Bucks because they're great against bad teams. They're 20-3 and three against the NBA Central. Nobody's there. But we saw this last year. Despite their record-setting point differential, despite all the highlights, when they face really good teams, they're good. They're just as good as these teams, but they're not significantly better. We saw it last year against the Raptors. And I would make a parallel with the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, they have the best point differential, but can they play left-handed? If they're not hitting threes, if they're stuck in a half-court set, I'm not sure they can make that third and ninth row, or in this case, make that half-court you know, methodical play to, to stay pace with these Celtics teams, a team like the Celtics or Sixers that have you know, a Joel Embiid, a Jason Tatum, guys you can give the ball to and just make a play. Giannis is a great player, maybe the best player ever as far as defensive and offensive ability in some respects. But a half-court shot maker, he is not, and that's their weakness. I think the Boston Celtics keep it close. I think they cover the 10. All right, that's McKenzie. Thursday night NBA action. Just listen to the handicap, the thought process. If you're listening to it on Friday and feel like you got cheated out of a winner, not necessarily. He gave you his thought process, and maybe you can use it moving forward. That's McKenzie on the Celtics on Thursday NBA action. Hopefully we can get that out to you. A couple more best bets here. One, Sleepy J with a best bet in college basketball. Sleepy, take it away. Okay, guys, a little redemption here for myself this weekend. My best bet will be on Sunday, Minnesota Rutgers under the total. Right now, I project around 128.5, maybe a little bit higher by price under 127.5. This might be one of those games, guys. First team to 60 wins. My thinking on this one is pretty simple. Situation-wise, this is a terrible spot. For Minnesota, huge home wins the last two games for the Gophers against Michigan and Penn State. And they also have two look-ahead games this week. Road trip, number 21, Ohio State, followed by a home game against number 15, Michigan State. I worry about a sluggish offensive performance here from the Gophers. And the Rutgers defense is absolutely fantastic. Rutgers in a pretty good spot here off four days rest. So I think that tough defense at home will be primed and ready. Styles make fights, and we talk about that often. When I looked at the under, I want to eliminate, if possible, three key areas. I can do that here with all three, I believe. First, the three-point line. It's tough to hit an over if threes aren't going down. 
Well, Rutgers, they simply don't shoot enough threes. They rank 324th in the nation. That's bottom of the barrel, guys. And when Rutgers does shoot them, they simply don't make them as they rank 312th in the nation out of 353 teams. So I'm not worried about Rutgers from the outside. Minnesota, they do take a fair amount of threes, but Rutgers is elite at guarding the three-point line. They simply don't let teams shoot threes. Rutgers' three-point defense is 35th in the nation. That's outstanding, and I really want that. Next, the free throw line. Rutgers, they struggle to get to the free throw line, first of all. And if they do get to the line, they absolutely stink. They rank 326 in the nation at 63%. Guys, that's very bad. Gophers, on the other hand, not bad at 85th free throw percentage, but they do struggle to get to the line. And Rutgers, they don't put you on the line. So I feel pretty good about that area. Next, the inside. And this is key, guys. These two teams are mirror images of what they really want to do. On offense, they like to pound the inside, and both teams are very good on the inside on defense with blocks and rebounding. So it's not going to be easy for either team to score on the inside in this game. Rutgers 24th in block shots, Minnesota 22nd. That's elite. Rutgers total rebounds number 15. That's elite again. And Minnesota very, very good at number 41. It's not going to be easy, guys, here getting points anywhere for these teams in this game. And when you're trying to score from the inside, that allows the defense to go ahead and set up much better versus teams who are running and gunning and shooting up threes. I don't see a ton of turnovers in this game. Pace-wise, Minnesota, number 189. That's slightly below average. And Rutgers, 229, well below average. So my best bet for this podcast, guys, we're going Rutgers, Minnesota, under the total. All right, that's Sleepy J with a best bet. Now... Yet another best bet, it is Dave Esler, who's been red hot. When is he not red hot, particularly this year? Are you kidding me? Four straight best bet winners on this college basketball dream preview. Dave Esler, best bet. What is it, Dave? Saturday, Florida, Auburn in Gainesville. I'm taking the youth of the Gators over the experience of the Tigers. Auburn might be 14-1, but Florida is the best team they will have faced. Auburn's on three days rest after a brutal game in Tuscaloosa. The Gators have an extra day's rest without travel after blowing out Mississippi. Situation favors the Gators, who also have some revenge after losing the SEC championship game to Auburn last year. I think Florida's methodical pace will slow Auburn down, and Florida has just one home loss to FSU way back when. It's projected to be about a pick and what could be a close game, I cannot take Auburn in their 65% free throw shooting on the road against Florida and their number one effective field goal percentage in the SEC and the Gators' 76% free throw shooting. I love Florida to hand Auburn their second straight loss. All right, that's going to do it here for the College Basketball Dream Preview. Really appreciate A.J. Hoffman taking the time to jump on here. You can follow him on Twitter at A.J. is the real. I am Brad Powers. For Mackenzie Rivers. That'll do it here for the College Basketball Dream Preview. We'll be back with you guys early next week, breaking down the biggest games of the week. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday, NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.